yeah, so here connected. you go. So enjoy this little tidbit. I, I I liked watching people make like survival places out of the woods, out of nothing, using the environment around them. Bushman stuff. Survivalist, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's really fascinating. But the part that makes me laugh is the fact that they are grilling a steak <laughs> and making these elaborate. Yes, I've been seeing that too. And it's normally a guy, there's one guy that wears a mask and he has a... Uh, like an older dog that he feeds to. Yeah. There's one yeah. I see on TikTok yeah. that does that. And they they make like these gourmet steaks with these really like elegant sauces and sides, roasted potatoes or whatever. It just looks, it is, it's, it's exactly that mouthwatering. And we need to stop talking about this because I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. You got a cheesecake in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll grab, we'll get actual food. I won't be that jerk boss and be like, it's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll watch a guy. He's got a big old beard and, and, and I like the videos because they don't talk. And mm-hmm. so you're just watching and you would think you'd need a script and da, 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 da. But no, I mean, you're just watching. It's relaxing. It actually relaxes me. And then I, I mm-hmm. fell asleep. It's kind of like, cause they incorporate like the birds chirping, the wind blowing, like the yeah. nature sounds, yeah. which is kind of like, I like ASMR because it's just, it's something that soothes my mind, yeah. especially like right before I'm about to go to bed and just certain noises or things just trigger my mind into like, ah, oh. and that's what that video kind of does. It's just a form of like meditation in a way. You're yeah. Just, like there doesn't need to be anything said. It's just, he's making a really nice meal and it's a relaxing environment. Mm. So on this episode, it's AI in mm-hmm. entertainment and media. So it is on topic. Yeah, Somewhat. You were right. <laughs> uh, of course. And you're like, of course I was, Jason. Uh, so welcome and, uh, and on this podcast of entertainment media. So we're going to talk about examples of uh, AI power technologies and entertainment media. I mean, it's I don't know how you can get much more simpler than that, whether if it's, I don't know, watching a movie or listening to music. Um, mm-hmm. It's all of it. Um, so, uh, you know, I want to, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. You brought up, Michaela, uh, the whole ethical problems and everything mm-hmm. with it. We, we watched the uh, Everybody Lose Their Minds on Media with the uh, Pentagon. Uh, thought They thought an explosion had happened. There was an image that got out and, yeah, it was fake. Uh, and then everybody had to roll that back. You remember that? I remember something a, a little bit about that. and. What was it that they exactly used yeah, to cause all, that freak out? Well, like, somebody, somebody used one of those AI art programs. Gotcha. And it composed an image of, was it the Pentagon? It was, it it the, was Pentagon? the Pentagon. It was it, like it was the, 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 well, the Pentagon. It, 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 in the was, park outside. Right, the, right. And there was an explosion in the park uh-huh. adjacent to the Pentagon. That was what was in the image. It was AI created. It didn't actually happen. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking, like, because I watched, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. And one of them that I watched was the 9-11 uh, terrorist attack and war on terror, like the whole yeah. chronological timeline of what, how those, that uh, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, like how all that came to be yeah. uh, post nine 11. And uh, of course, pa- attack on the Pentagon, I was thinking like, well, maybe they captured footage and like altered that in some way in AI. Like maybe that's how, that's no, how I was thinking. No, I just, it, it doesn't, it, you don't, it doesn't need that. I yeah. mean, basically this program, these programs are um, smart enough mm-hmm. that, I mean, Log onto Twitter and just do like a search of of, uh, AI artwork. And it's amazing what it can create. I've been seeing some because I I get down the rabbit hole with TikTok sometimes, but they do like Disney princesses. They'll do a before and after, like the actual cartoon version. And then next to it, they'll do um, 
the AI version. And I'm like, why do they think to do this? Yeah, but it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. And like, yeah, I could kind of see a resemblance and others. You're like, that looks nothing like Pocahontas <laughs> or, or Jasmine from Aladdin. Like right. this looks, they don't look alike. Right. Uh, and then we got the writer strike that's going on right now. Um, you know, we talked about in the last episode how AI is more of an, can, is a tool and it's an assistant and that could use that, but that's not why they're striking. They're striking over, you know, residuals, not getting any residuals off of streaming services that actually use AI too mm-hmm. to tailor recommendations for you. Uh, and so if you're, you know, watching like Netflix or whatever and, and or Amazon, that that's the engine that's behind mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. So like I've been into true crime documentaries and all that jazz whenever, <laughs> and I've just been getting non-stock recommendations like from the very top of the banner, whenever I get onto my page, cause I have my mom and um, her boyfriend on my account and click my name. And it's just like uh, the conversations with Jeffrey Dahmer. It's like on your next to watch. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go that depth and yeah, to yeah. the rabbit hole <laughs> with my, uh, true crime interest. Why, not why, today, AI, why do women not today. like true crimes? Me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you're a woman, so I thought, you know what? Let's take advantage that? of this. <laughs> uh, a lot of it. I loved forensic science. I took that class when I was in high school. My dad really wanted me to get into the forensic side of things with, uh, I really liked watching Law and Order. Uh, just you were going to be a CSI. Yeah, this that my youngest. She was very much into that stuff. I I was telling somebody the other day. I feel like another good like job for me would be an investigative journalist because of just understanding certain cases like this and the psychology behind it or um, just there was one also about it was called victim and suspect and it was really in the prime time of the me too movement and it were these girls that were uh they were charged with falsely accusing somebody for uh, a sexual assault and they both the turned out like the law enforcement's just turned them over and they did not look into evidence or anything. They pretty much just based off of their like demeanor, they made like conjectures that these girls were lying when they weren't, they just didn't evaluate uh, corroborating evidence that was at their fingertips or really just, you know, really get into the nitty gritty of an investigation. There really wasn't any, it was just like they broke down the story. There was no like, uh, tracking back to like where it all happened like none of that it yeah. just was like i don't think you're telling me the truth said by the police officer i wonder how much ai is going to get into like that arena as mm-hmm. far as like and we start seeing stuff like the minority report for those listening that may not know that's a movie with tom cruise where it predicted a crime prediction basically yeah but it, and, and they used like actual psychics and that was the background of it but now today's technology i could i could see that mm-hmm. but as a copywriter because mm-hmm. you mentioned that because that's really one of your jobs at nerd brand, but also something you love to do is like, how do you, how do you feel about AI? <laughs> I feel it as a, as a tool. Like, like we said in the last episode, I feel that like there's times that I have an idea, but I just don't know where to start it. Like what, what other components that need to be conjoined with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And just typing that out. And then if it's not necessarily what I'm looking for, then I rephrase the question or I, uh, add other components or links to something that I want to talk about. And then of course I doctor it up. I don't just like here, <laughs> submit it <laughs> or use it as a script or anything like that. I add tone to it. Cause it's not always about what 
the words are. It's how you perceive them. And you don't want to sound like this robotic or use words that no one really even uses, like uh, thus or therefore and however, or just you don't want to sound scholarly all the time. I, I use those words. Well, no, there's times that you well, can no, use no. them. There's, yeah, it's there's just, and there's other times. Yeah, they're there's appropriate re- moments. But to your point, there's a reason why I use those words. Uh, it's because when I that's what I went to school for. <laughs> I was going to be a Bible scholar. So... I wrote in that way. I never used like you wrote I, like the King James version of the Bible. Well, no, it was a te- it was a certain way that I was taught not to say so. Uh, I think right uh, mm-hmm. maybe right like these inflections. Like I'm giving an opinion. I was taught in this sense to write like I know what the hell I'm writing, and never put that in. Mm-hmm. And uh, that. You know, the professor had my mentor, he had to beat the heck out of me to get that out. Like, because, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you're always like concerned, like, uh, I think I know what I'm talking about. No, you know, you're just, mm-hmm. it's a self esteem issue. And that's also like whenever, because I've been having a hard time with direct response copy. Like, I know what it is, yeah. but I've always been the type of writer that does research, like, because of essays that I've had to write in college. So it has to have that professional polish sound to it and there's times that it bleeds over whenever i'm either writing copy or helping with copy for a blog post or if i'm trying to like have a form of copy in an ad or a lander for a website i'm like that doesn't sound like something that i would want to read if i'm a consumer that's yeah. on the site or what is, or, it, is it actionable that's, mm-hmm, that's exactly because i've done a ton of direct response i mean that's that's the main thing is this actionable mm-hmm. does this does this promote me does this promote someone taking action mm-hmm like now. Does Hopefully. it give a sense of urgency? Is there like exactly. something that can resonate with them right away that yeah. they could just take off and yeah. get involved with the brand? Yeah. I, I always kind of like direct response because, because that you're, it forces you to be to the point mm-hmm. and to really make, make your point concisely mm-hmm. and quickly. See, as a, like, as a person who went to school like not too long ago, it always had to be about the, the quantity. Right. It was never about the quality. Yeah. It was like, I want a 10 page research show paper. Yeah, yes. Show your work. And all your sources. I want all of them. And I and don't use, like, I had a professor too that was like, don't use contractions in your papers. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> I will not use the don'ts and the can'ts. I will put, spell it all out for you. You know, an interesting thing about this, you know, AI, and this, this affects us as a, as a branding and advertising agency as much as it does the entertainment industry. Let's say you, you decide you're going to use AI to, to develop a script for a movie. Well, those characters and that story have a voice. Yeah. They have a personality mm-hmm. they, that, are, that should be unique to itself to, to, to propel that particular narrative. In advertising, it's the same way. Each brand has a voice, has a tone, has a personality. Um, are we at the point where you can depend on AI in either of those environments? To create uniquely voiced copy. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Oh. You know, I think it eventually may get there, but I don't, you know, unless you prompt, even if you prompt it, I still don't think it'll understand that. I think mm-hmm. it'll still require a ton yeah. of work. Whereas if you just did it, then you're done. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a good copywriter that knows this is what this brand this is this brand's personality, and I know how to compose that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. How do you how do you tell an AI? The nuances that are almost felt more than spoken. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you feel it. You don't. You can't explain it in a series of of words. It's it's inadequate to the task. 
it's a feel. You have to express a feeling. And as far as I know, AI doesn't feel anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So speaking of, a, right. Just, yeah, speaking of ads, YouTube ads uh, and podcasts are very common places with uh, AI. So with video footage, identifying areas and when to edit and, and, and have an ad come in on a YouTube video. When I'm talking about a mid-roll ad in the mm-hmm. middle of the video, you can sort of see the technology is not quite there yet because it's kind of jarring as it'll take you oh, out yes. and run it. Versus, it's annoying, to be honest. Yeah, it's versus like right now, like on this show, if we did a mid-roll ad, it might cut me off in the middle of this thought and then not pick me up. Whereas, you know, what in the TV generation, when they did ads, it was always like, so Mitch, who do you think stabbed so-and-so in the dark in the, the kitchen? And then, then bang, there's the ad. A musical prompt and a fade out. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it comes back and then it's kind of like, so Mitch, what do you think did? Right, right. And it picks back up. Mm-hmm. And in podcast advertising, which is like, everybody's like, well, the bubble's popping and people are pulling back on spend on that. And I'm like, well, because it didn't do it right. Mm-hmm. And that's why it wasn't effective. So it wasn't a problem with the platform. The problem was with the advertisers and marketers trying to shove crap down people's throat or rather in their ears. In times that it shouldn't just be there. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the fact that there's mid-roll ads for a podcast. But what if I just promote prospect and promos one more time, you know, June 20th, which by this time it may have already passed. But it's like, <laughs> you know, if I if I give an ad about something that we're doing, I'm speaking it right in the middle of the show. It's a part of the content. It's not something that's cut in. So I don't know if that's ever going to get smooth. Uh, it's had a long time to work its way into to become that and still mm-hmm. hasn't. So I don't know. That's my yeah. two cents. How does it become organic? Mm-hmm. It's how you said advertising, advertising and television is organic to the medium. They develop, yeah. they, they, they happened in tandem because these TV shows needed these advertisers to fund the program that they were producing. So they worked together with the brand to develop the show and to develop the format so that advertising was, was a natural yeah. part of the presentation. Yeah, I knew a guy that uh, is years and years ago. He was like a deacon in a church or something, but he was very, I'll just say, uptight individual. <laughs> and um, he was like, I went to this, it was some sort of Christian site where he would read articles, Bible, whatever. That's all I remember. But he, I remember very clearly because Viagra had just come out as a product. <laughs> And he was telling me about how mad he was that this site was advertising a banner ad for Viagra. And I just sat there and I was like, and even at this time, I knew how this worked. And I was like, no, you went to a website, you Googled something, you did something, and that cookied you and it tracked you. That site is not necessarily. Well, well and to, to, to that point, to that Viagra's point, following me. <laughs> for no reason mm-hmm. whatsoever. Exactly. Um, to that point, I still get to this day. Not like I did, but I, at one time in, in my previous agency, I was working with one of my designers, and he's an avid bicyclist. Yeah. And we were like taking a break or something, and I was helping him find something on the internet. I said, well, here, let me, let me look it up real quick. Since that day, I get lots of bicyclist directed advertising. Yeah. To this day. Well, a lot of it is like the... So we all, we've talked about like the cookie with Google and Google's going to, you know, they're going to kill the cookie. That's been a thing for years. They haven't quite done it yet. Going to drown the cookie. Yeah. (laughs) Drown it in Google milk. (laughs) Um, But that's the, that's the replacement is, is AI. Cause there's been talk about like you log into your browser Mm -hmm. 
that it tracks your ID of your browser. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's the AI that's going to do that. Uh, it's not going to be a cookie. That's the only thing that can make sense to replace it. Uh, because it's like one of those things where, like, how do you actually effectively know, like, what if I'm not logged into my Google browser while I'm searching? How will it target me? Well, it knows the, the MAC address of the device, which is a unique address for every device, like a fingerprint. Your phone and my phone don't have the same MAC address so or serial numbers or anything, right? So it kind of knows that, and, and it registers that. Because when you, if you have an Apple laptop, just click the Apple icon in the upper left and then have it look click about, yeah. and it says all the information about that device right there. And that's what it's learning. That's what it's picking up. And wow. so it's like, you know, that's the future. Well, see, and this, and, and a whole other podcast, but this gets into privacy issues. Oh, it's already into privacy issues. <laughs> yeah. How, how, do I have a right not to be yeah. hunted down that way uh, or have somebody know the funny, that information about a device that I own? The funny thing is, it's not new. I mean, targeted ads have been around since, oh, yeah. you know, 2008 with, um, when Obamacare started, actually, um, it was a mobile audience targeting was what it was called. And it would be a, what I call a reach out and find you ad. Like if you lived here and you went to this Kroger up the street, they would know that target Kroger is a fence. This before the term geofencing. And then you, they know that. And so they would give you like Kroger ads. But if you went on a vacation to Paris, France, you would still get those ads from Kroger, you yeah. know, because it wasn't IP targeting, which was very new at that time as well. And, um, so, and it was also cookie, you know, now IP targeting is cookie-less. So, yeah, the technology is already evolved in ways where people are like, oh, but TikTok knows all these things. And I'm like, Google's known everything about you since 2004. Mm-hmm. That's why they have those big old data centers. It's in there. Like, you want to know what you did back then? They could probably find it. <laughs> and it's like, to be concerned about privacy in this day and age, like, you know, look, if you're online and you have a Facebook profile or something somewhere, it's not private anymore because it's online now. And it's basically in the front yard of your house. So if you're trying to change your britches in the front yard, we all see what underwear you wear. <laughs> so go inside and don't have a profile online. Be one of those people. And I've met a few of those people where they just don't have it, you know, and they were smart maybe for doing it. We don't know. We'll find out in a few years. <laughs> I'm interested to see how all it shakes out. Yeah. But podcast advertising or in the entertainment sector of, of AI advertising, it's like $13.3 billion with expected 26% growth over the next year or two. Wow. I think up to 2025. I'm not a mathematician, but that's a, that's a pretty high projected yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of expectancy. Yeah. So everybody's going to want to be in it. But anyways, Michaela, close us out. <laughs> well, Thank you all for listening to another episode of our AI series. Uh, we, on the next one, will be talking about AI and business. We're going to get all professional on you all. So, <laughs> Lord help. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, or we'll see you all. Yeah, we'll see you all next time. We'll talk to you all next time. We want to thank our listeners to this episode of the NerdBrand Podcast. You can check out this episode and future ones at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast. Or head Apple Podcasts or Spotify app and search for NerdBrand and download and subscribe. We'll see you next week, and remember, keep your nerd brand strong.